Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the MVAA. And today we're talking about information for transitioning service members. Transitioning service members can be those coming to Michigan for the first time or those transitioning out of the military, whether they come in here for the first time or they live here. And so joining us today is going to be Chief Warrant Officer 5, Gabriel Ambrositis uh, of Michigan National Guard. Also, Andrew Vernon and John Brewster from Andrew Vernon and Associates. So we'll be talking today about all of these opportunities, some of the challenges and concerns and ways that you can get support on the veterans perspective today. As always, you can give us a call at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. If you need more information or you're somebody who's thinking about transitioning to Michigan as well. Stay tuned for an exciting show and we'll be right back on the veterans perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. So today we're talking about service members transitioning from the military or transitioning to Michigan. And uh, today is an important show because I, I know that anybody who's a veteran has had to transition out of the military. So for those of you who may not know, or maybe family members, a transitioning service member is any individual in active duty status, including separation leave, who registers for employment services and is within 24 months of retirement or 12 months of separation. About 200,000 people transition out of the military each year. And we have several of those 200,000 coming right here to Michigan or even looking at Michigan. And so we wanna make sure that we're providing resources and opportunities, not just for those transitioning service members, but also for those families who are transitioning as well. Now, I, you know, I, can, I can share all kind of personal stories and I'll probably talk a little bit about that today. But, you know, I, I would say that as a spouse of a uh, veteran, as well as um, a veteran myself, getting out of the military was interesting. And I think uh, during the time that I, I got out, so that was in 2000. And so 2006 was my time that I got out after injury, but um, I actually was put on IRR status in 2005. And so, or 2004, late 2004. And so that was a different experience. It was, it was kind of, you're done, you have your two years of inactive reserves and uh, you know, if you decide you wanna come back, uh, come back. And there weren't a lot of supports because I was, um, I was done with the reserves. And so I can imagine those individuals out there who may serve on uh, reserve status or National Guard status, not necessarily having had that experience. I know that having ser served right now as the director of the MVAA, it is a great pleasure to be able to see all the wonderful things that the Michigan National Guard is doing for those who are transitioning out. But you're probably wondering where you can go. And so first off, first and foremost, we are uh, developing great partnerships with the Michigan National Guard to make sure that those who are transitioning out of that branch of service are getting the connection and resources that they need because it can be overwhelming. Just imagine, I mean, we heard from Jill Matthews a few weeks ago. She's a female veteran who served 38 years in the military. And so that's pretty much all she knew. Eight, 18 years old, she got out of the, got out of the um, high school and went straight to the military and served that all her life. So coming out and being a civilian was tough. 
I remember having some of those conversations with her about, you know, trying to uh, apply for a home loan and, you know, having to do certain things that the military automatically took care of or helped with. And so that's what we're kind of here to be that resource for you at MVAA, to kind of be that transitioning service member resource to get you connected. And I, I want to talk to those family members out there. I know that it can be a challenge for you as well. Moving to a state that either you haven't been back to in several years or a state that you are brand new to can be uh, scary. But again, we are here at 1-800-MISHVET to help you out. Um, I know that uh, being a spouse, being a dependent, sometimes you feel like your hands are tied. But we have people that are working for us right now that are spouses, that are dependents, that actually have been through the same process that you're trying to go through, that are answering those calls and are there to be able to assist you. And today we're going to be talking with some individuals who can help with transitioning service members in their families. Um, and actually one who's about to transition from the military soon. And I think it'll be interesting to hear uh, maybe what some of his concerns are. Maybe there's some fears out there and would love to hear more from you all as well about some of your stories of, of how you transitioned and what you felt like was lacking. But uh, I do want to say that you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. You can visit us online. And if you know someone who may be transitioning, maybe it's your child, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your cousin or your friend that may be coming out of the military soon and they're thinking about coming back to Michigan or they live in Michigan and they're getting out, I would encourage you to give them our number because we want to help them through that process because you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much out there to know and understand. So today I just wanted to give you a little background on who we're going to be talking to. So we're going to be talking to uh, Chief Warrant Officer 5, Gabriel Ambrositis of the Michigan National Guard and about his transition uh, out of the military, um, out of active duty and then going into the National Guard and what his upcoming transition looks like. We're also going to be talking with Andrew uh, Vernon Associates, so Andrew Vernon and John Brewster, about some of the programs that they have available too. And while there's so many different resources and opportunities out there that may have overlapping services, we can get you connected to all of them. So um, I wanna encourage you to stick around, stay with us. We are looking forward to, I hope for you an exciting show, but I, as always, I wanna tell you that you're not alone. And if you're struggling in this area or you're struggling in any area, give us a call again at our 1-800-MISHVET, or you can always call the VA if you are a veteran who's done with that transition, but maybe you missed out on some opportunities too that you wanna hear about. So this show can be a show for everyone, whether you transitioned out 12 months ago, 24 months ago, maybe even 24 years ago, there's probably something that an opportunity you missed out on that may still be around. So stick around with us. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. If you're transitioning out of the military and planning your next phase of life, the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency is here to serve you. If you're from Michigan, we want you back. If you're not from Michigan, we ask that you take some time to consider the many opportunities our Great Lakes State has to offer, opportunities to live, raise a family, work, and retire in the nation's 10th largest state. Your service instilled sev several att attributes, many of them special and unique. 
and we want you here in Michigan to use them here. So joining us as our first guest today is State Command Chief Warrant Officer, Michigan Army National Guard, Chief Warrant Officer 5, Gabriel Ambrositis. Chief Warrant Officer Ambrositis is the Command Chief Warrant Officer for the Michigan National Guard. He graduated from Hackett Catholic High School in Kalamazoo and joined the U.S. Army on June 17, 1982. Welcome to the show, uh, Warrant Officer. Hello, Zanetta. How are you? Good, good. So glad to have you on our show. Uh, we're talking about transitioning service members, and I, I know that uh, that may be where you're at pretty soon. Soon to be, soon to be. Looking forward to it. Well, how exciting. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe your, your background as um, you've been in the military for how many years? It'll be a, a 39 and a half when I'm finally retired. Wow. 39 and a half years. That is, that is the bulk of your life for sure. And so, yes. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? It looks like maybe you were, uh, you served in active army or maybe you can just give us a little bit of history about where you've been. So I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been in all three components of the United States army. I was, I joined the army in 1982, as you mentioned earlier, and I went right on active duty to the 82nd Airborne and then also to Korea, where I spent some time in 2nd Infantry Division. Uh, after those four years, I decided to, to leave the service and, and go to college, use my college benefits. And at that point, I also joined the Army Reserve. I spent about seven years in the Army Reserve, which was, uh, was very, very challenging and, and very, very good. Uh, after that, that unit was deactivated and we had no choice but to transition to the Army National Guard. So, and since then, since 1994, I've been in the Army National Guard. Okay, that's good to know. So, um, did you have to transition off of your active duty service? Like, were you a, did you have to ETS then or how did that process work? Was it kind of just a smooth, seamless transition or did you have to get out? Yes, I did have to get out. And, uh, it was smooth and, and seamless because the, the active army, they, they do it all the time. So they're very well versed in how to transition soldiers back to civilian life. And they've got a, a, a one stop, one station at Fort Bragg that you go through the stations and, and you and you get all your briefings and you get all your paperwork squared away and then you depart. And it's very simple. You get in your car and you leave. And, and then next thing you know, you're, you're a civilian. Did you, did you feel like there were things that you wish you had known uh, before or, or had you not spent enough time in to kind of missed being a civilian? Well, when I got, when I got in, I was 17 and when I ETS the first time I was 21. So it was really not much. I didn't really know much. I, I didn't have much. All I knew that I was, I was coming back to Michigan and I wanted to go to, to college. So I went to, I, applied and was accepted at Western Michigan University. And I started there in, in uh, January of 1987. And uh, so there really wasn't much to discuss. There wasn't much to think through because it was all pretty seamless and, and painless. You're a 21 year old. You don't have many worries. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I, I know, uh, you know, when my husband and I uh, ETS out the military, you know, you do, you go through you go through all of these stops of, you know, oh, this is what you need to do for career counseling and not necessarily getting you a job necessary, but um, this is where you can, this is where you can go when you're done for resume building. And um, this is where you need to go for medical and um, some of those other things. But 
you know, coming out at the time I had a family. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that there were some things that were lacking for me coming out with a family. And I guess just thinking back to your time and knowing what you know now, do you think that um, you would have been prepared for everything you needed to do as a civilian if you had had a family back then? No, I would not have because I would have I, I would have been struggling to figure all that out. Um, I, I probably missed those briefings because they weren't pertinent to me. So I, I got excused. I was excused from those briefings. But in but in the end, I think that now now that I have a family and I'm retiring, I am thinking about those things. And, you know, from uh, health care to, you know, dental health life insurance, all those things that, that, that you need to think about now. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of that, you're going to be retiring soon. Um, are you going to be looking for another job or is this like a real retirement? Cause I know that people retire, but do they really retire? <laughs> that, that's always a great question because you, you just don't know what the future will hold. Um, there, there have been some inquiries made on uh, to see if I would be willing to come back and, and lend some of my uh, expertise to certain areas of the department. You know, I would be more than willing to consider those things. So I really don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but uh, we've, we've prepared for this day because we knew it was coming. And as you know, my position as the state command chief warrant officer is the, the capstone assignment. So you, there, there is really no other place to go after this. So you, you already know that you're going to, you're going to retire from here. So we've been planning for the last seven years for this event. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I, you know, we're going to have a a lengthier conversation, but, you know, just looking at some of your notable assignments, um, I wanted to talk about some of those things because I, I I know that you're going to be getting out soon and there, there are lots of things to think about, not just your family, but uh, healthcare and all of those other things. And so um, looks like you, you served with special forces. I did. You did. And uh, United States embassy. Yes, I was assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Lithuania for a, about nine months back when the uh, wall came down in uh, 1993. Also about the same time when the National Guard created the state partnership program. So I was on one of the first teams that was in Lithuania at the U.S. Embassy in Vilnius. And uh, it, it was a great experience. Uh, I would never trade it. I, was, I learned so much as a brand new officer assigned to an embassy overseas, understanding how the embassy works, how the embassy interacts with our military, and, and then of course how to interact with our host nation counterparts and and to ensure that we have we have good ties there. And did you do a bulk of these two things? I know you said you were airborne as well. Um, while you were active duty, or was that in the reserve uh, National Guard component? It was in the the the. Active duty was the 82nd Airborne. I was in the reserves when I went to Special Forces training, and that uh, tour in embassy was as a United States Army reservist. Okay. So, you know, you bring up a good point about um, some of the, some of the, uh, obviously you've had joy serving in the military. You served for 39 plus years. Uh, But, you know, there are people out there who are, transitioning out of the military off of active duty right now, or maybe they're transitioning out of reserve. What made you want to continue service um, after active duty and, and reserve? Well, there's, I, I never lost the desire to serve. When I came off active duty, I was, I was a little, um, 
maybe looking forward to civilian life and, and it was not what I fully expected. So I was able to maintain my ties with the United States Army and then rejoin in one of the reserve components. In, th in this case, it was the Army Reserve. And so that desire to continue to serve and that camaraderie, that sense of belonging, that sense of identity, that sense of purpose, and then finally the sense of mission, you know, that, that every morning you wake up and you have something to do, something that really, truly matters. Yeah, that's important. Um, you know, looking at the desire to serve, many people, they may be transitioning out of the active component or reserve component and, you know, uh, thinking, you know what, I'm done with this. But then you miss, you miss that, that routine, that discipline as well. And so it's great that you're able to have the best of both worlds. You can still get that and still uh, be part of the civilian life as well through um, that reserve. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about what what your ideas of uh, transitioning out of this path of service look like. So stay tuned with us. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. I'm joined by Command Chief Warrant Officer Amber Zaitis, and we've been talking about his transition from active duty and now coming up on his transition from the National Guard. And so after having served 39 years, obviously I'm sure you have some questions about what it's gonna look like to truly um, return to civilian life. But I guess first I would ask, um, in your position now as the um, Command Chief Warrant Officer for the state, have you been serving in an active capacity, like an AGR capacity? Yes, I have. So I've been an AGR active duty soldier in the National Guard component since May 1st of 2014. Okay. So, um, you know, that's, so then you're on active duty, you have to do, you know, you have to take your PT test, you have to do all of those things like uh, active military. And so it really is truly a transition coming into civilian life while still living, you know, obviously in the state of Michigan. And so I wanted to talk to you about some of the things that we have available and wondering if you've been able to access that and, and what kind of supports you're looking for as you transition out. And so, you know, we have this Why Michigan app that we created uh, about a year and a half ago, which is an app you can put on your phone. It's uh, for those who are listening and wondering what I'm talking about. It's YMI. So it's W-H-Y-M-I app where you can find out all things to help you transition. Have you been able to take advantage of that? I have not as of yet, but I appreciate the reminder because I did know about it. I just <laughs> have not accessed those resources at this time. Yeah. And so that's a great place to maybe find, and you may even be able to find volunteer opportunities there, but you can find opportunities for employment, um, for those who may be coming off of active duty housing and some just different things to help you transition as well as getting connected to someone to help you with your VA benefits. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, how, how, how familiar are you or have you even thought about uh, whether you qualify or uh, had any injuries that may qualify for VA benefits? Great question. Uh, I have thought about that and I have reached out to one of the veteran service officers and that individual is helping me. Uh, I've been injured quite a few times during military service. Actually, I have seven lines of duty investigations that have been finalized. So I've got quite a quite a stack. Uh, it's almost over a thousand pages of medical records just to collate in you know, over 39 plus years is, is rather a, a large task. 
Yeah. And so it's great to know you're how many months out from uh, from retiring? Uh, six months from the actual retirement date, but three months from my final day in the office. Okay. And so then you're able to start that VA process now. Right. I can. I can. So uh, here in, a, in two weeks, I, I report to Fort Knox, Kentucky for my final active duty retirement physical. And that's the one where they document every ailment that you've had since you joined as a private in 1982 till now as, as you retire as a CW5. Now, what do you think um, is important for uh, anybody who may be ETSing to understand during that type of uh, uh, an exam? I think that the most important thing to do is to obviously it's a career long task is to make sure that you take good records, maintain your records and copies of all of them. And at some point, you know, those those records will be rather large, like I mentioned, mine are. And you'll come across documents in those medical records that will jog your memory about past injuries or illnesses. So it's, it's always uh, good to have those records so you can ensure that you document every part of it. The, the active duty AGR retirement physical is what I've been told. I've not gone through the process, but by others who have is, is just a one day process where they take a snapshot in time of where you are the day of the physical. And that's really is to, uh, to archive your physical medical condition at that point. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Take good notes throughout. Um, but And I also think that uh, one of the things that people need to consider is you have to be truly honest and open about whatever med medical ailments you may have. Because if you don't document it there <laughs> and mm -hmm. you haven't really documented it throughout your career, then um, the chance of you um, applying for VA benefits and getting um, connected decrease. It's not to say that it's that you still can't do it, but it becomes a harder task to get you connected because the proof is not there. So I think it's really mm -hmm. important that you're you've documented those things and that you have your record uh, available to be able to apply for your benefits. So and I, I think it's even more important that you're applying ahead of time so that when you when you get out, then you're 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 closer to being um, on on course to getting um, your connection. Um, yeah, and, and and you know I I would ask then um, with with you already planning that process and talking to a veteran service officer, um, what other things do you would you like to know for you and your family that you think it's important for transitioning service members to know coming out of the military that maybe you don't know yet. Especially for uh, a retiree, I think retirees would really want to know is is that gap between when TRICARE, when you had it on active duty, and then when that TRICARE for life, and then the Medicare kicks in. That that little gray area retirement question, I think that's pertinent to a lot of veterans to, to answer those. And maybe not as pertinent to the transitioning that are just not retiring, but uh, I think it's very important to the retirees. And so who at your um, office is able to answer that? Do, we, do you have anybody who's able to answer that? That's pretty much the, what I've found on the websites. And then, of course, talking to medical service providers in the, in the Michigan National Guard, they've been very helpful in, in providing some, some, some details. And a lot of it is just going to the TRICARE website and talking to them and understanding it. It's, it's a, it's, it takes some effort, and you have to be focused on getting the information. Yeah, and I know that, that that can even be daunting in itself when you're thinking about trying to get out, making sure you're on your right date, making sure you're turning in all your equipment 
and all of that, that's something that you really don't want to think about. And I can just say that as a TRICARE retiree, they've changed the, the name of it a few times. I go to the doctor and I'm, you know, they ask me, oh, you have TRICARE, which one is it? I'm like, I don't know, East, West. It just, it doesn't make sense, but it's one of those. Uh, just put mm-hmm. in my stuff. You'll find it. Um, because find they, it. Yeah, they change it. But, uh, but yeah, that's good. And so uh, the good thing is, is that we're here at MVAA to be able to help you and get you connected to the information that you need. So don't definitely don't struggle through that alone. And I will say too, just to let you know that we have some great resources out there in the community. If you're looking for volunteer opportunities or you're looking for other connections in your area, um, we have the VCATs, which are the veteran community action teams that are made up of local resources for uh, veterans. Uh, to get connected to all those resources in their community. And then there's also things for, for families and dependents and caregivers and, and the like. And so you're here in Michigan, you're not alone for sure. And there's somebody around the corner waiting to assist you with whatever you may need. So I, I definitely want to let you know that you're, you have a supportive family here in Michigan and that's for anybody um, who may be listening in and trying to figure out more information. Um, go ahead. One other thing is, as we talked about TRICARE, is, is talking about the uh, transitioning life insurance. Because as you know, that on active duty, we have the SGLI, the Services Group Life Insurance, which is at, at a reduced cost, and it has no war or terrorism clause in it. So it's it's a very uh, affordable and very uh, adequate, actually very good life insurance and to take care of families once uh, if something bad happens. Now, when you retire, obviously that... SGLI stops being servicemen's group life insurance becomes veterans group life insurance. And, and that is actually a lot more expensive than, than the, the, the servicemen's version. And so just looking at all the products and seeing, trying to find what is going to be best for the family long-term uh, to take care of them from the, from a life insurance standpoint. So that information is, is also daunting to just to, to wade through it and find out the right answer. Yeah, and I think the best thing that you're doing is that you're starting early. You're not waiting until, you know, a month out to try to get these answers. And so, um, you know, that we mentioned veterans um, group life insurance. That's another area that we can assist with. And if you become service connected, uh, depending on the level, we can assist also with uh, uh, veterans life insurance through the VA. And so there are many different opportunities and there's many different resources that hopefully you'll give us a call and take advantage of. and. Anybody out there thinking about uh, retiring here in Michigan or figuring out you want to stay here in Michigan, we hope that you connect with us as well. So I did just want to uh, wrap up and say thank you so much for joining us today and for spending some time talking about your journey. And I wish you all the best of luck and hopefully we'll see you around. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. 
My final guests for today are John Brewster and Andrew Vernon of Andrew Vernon and Associates. Just a little bit of a background about Andrew Vernon. He's a U.S. Army veteran. He founded the Andrew Vernon and Associates in 2019 and serves as president and chairman of the board. The organization is dedicated toward education, advocacy, and career preparation programs. He is skilled in government affairs, program, and portfolio management, healthcare, and operational excellence. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you, Director Adams. Also joining me today from Andrew and Associates is the Executive Vice President and Director of Education Programs. He's been with the organization since 2020. Mr. Brewster is a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel who specialized in human resource management and political military affairs. Welcome to the show. My pleasure to be here. So I hear you calling in all the way from Greece. Yes, that is true. I'm a very dedicated uh, <laughs> servant when it comes to veterans. So it's 1130 at night here in Greece. I just flew in about a couple of days ago. So I'm ready to uh, give you all the great things that we do here at Andrew Burning Associates. Well, we are very excited to have you both and just want to talk about. So this show today is talking about information for transitioning service members. And so we really are trying to make sure that we have uh, programs and information that we can share so that veterans who may be transitioning out of active duty or maybe even, you know, ready to retire from any component of the military have the resources that they need. And so it's really exciting to have you guys on the show today. So, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit more about um, Andrew Vernon and Associates and what you do there? Sure. So we founded, as you said, in 2019. Um, we started out as a small nonprofit, just offering a few services and eventually expanded based upon the demand that we had from uh, transitioning service members and veterans who were looking for alternative resources to what they were provided, um, you know, in the transition assistance program and through uh, word of mouth. Um, so uh, we provide career preparation services, uh, which is uh, creation of resumes, edits of resumes. Uh, we also provide career coaching, uh, which has been very helpful to the interview process for a lot of people. Um, and we've also uh, been able to uh, work with people on advocacy uh, and claims preparation, education, and guidance. Um, you know, as, as we know, there's a lot of uh, people who may not know about um, benefits within the VBA that they're entitled to. So we actually um, are able to give them uh, education and guidance on those and how to maybe get some compensation. Um, and also, uh, we've just set up a peer support program, which is very important. Uh, peer support is uh, veterans helping veterans. Uh, it could be a number of different uh, concerns that may be on a veteran's mind, including transitioning out of the service and not knowing what to expect next to, uh, you know, maybe running into the risk of being homeless. Um, so this, these are just a, a few things that we've been offering, um, but it's uh, it's kind of expanded outward with a lot of people inquiring about different things. So as veterans and, and, and transitioning out ourselves and having you know difficulties along the way and meeting challenges, uh, you know, we've really been able to, to help people out and, 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 uh, be successful in, in their own ways, um, you know, as they go forth. Well, that's that's great information. And I know um, one of the things that I think is really important is that resume uh, preparation that you talked about. And so um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? But before you do, can you tell us, you know, what population you serve? Is this just um, where you're located or is it uh, nationwide? Like who who can get access to this? Yep. So we serve uh, veterans nationwide. We've had veterans contact us from Italy, from Germany, um, from pretty much around the world uh, who have found us on Google uh, and other uh, search engines. Um, and, um, you know, 
we've been able to provide all these services to, to them through um, through uh, you know virtual online platforms such as Zoom um, or uh, Microsoft Teams uh, through phone calls, uh, emails, texts, phone you know uh, phone uh, capabilities and things like that. So. Um, you know, it's we, we serve transitioning service members, veterans, and sometimes families who are in very uh, find themselves in, in difficult places. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been very successful with that. You know, I remember going through um, a program for transitioning service members uh, that kind of helped me to quantify and and turn my military service credentials into a civilian resume. Um, is that something that you're doing, and why is that so important? So we find um, that you know transi uh, transitioning service members aren't aware of um, the civilian language. Um, you know, you've been going through the military, maybe they've been through the military for four years, maybe they've been through the military for twenty, um, and so they've never created a resume or never thought about creating a resume. Um, and it's something that we teach them how to do. So you know, converting their uh, their military skills into a civilian speak or civilian language, so that. A uh, civilian hiring manager who has maybe no uh, education about the military can understand a little bit more about them, what skills they can bring um, to the to the positions they apply for. So um, we're able to take those military terms, since we're very knowledgeable about them, uh, turn it into a civilian uh, resume that really can get them the job that they're that they're searching for. Yeah, I mean, we we love our acronyms, right? But not everybody understands them, so. That is definitely important. Well, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, John, as you are um, overseeing the education programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, so I was a facilitator for the transition assistance program for about seven years. And what I realized was that a good portion of those transitioning veterans were going to school. And you may know that the skills that we teach are very perishable and easily forgotten if you don't implement them immediately after getting out of the military. And if you think about it, there's really nothing there for those veterans who go straight to school in terms of giving them a refresher course. So we pride ourselves in having created a Reader's Digest version of three full days, you know, three days, eight hours each, and condensing it into one hour presentation, which is a 30,000 foot view. And once a student veteran sees it, if there are certain specific things that they want to take a deeper dive into, they can then of course contact us and we can get them more one-on-one -on -one education in that particular area. So that's the cornerstone from our education standpoint. So what do you think is the biggest benefit for a veteran going through a program like that, coming right off of active duty or you know, retiring from the military? Well, the transition assistance program is very valuable. And fortunately, I believe it's still mandatory. And so I would definitely, highly recommend that they not only go once, but twice. So I would say at least a year out to kind of get their bearings and realize there's actually a lot of work that needs to be done prior to getting out, especially from the, the, the veterans disability package that they need to put in. You can do that six months prior to actually getting out and all kinds of other things that they need to, to realize. And sometimes people realize, you know what? I probably shouldn't get out. I'm just not ready. And so it's better to know that in advance so you can make plans for the future accordingly. That's good. So I, I would ask um, either one of you can answer this question, but we know that a lot of times, you know, with with uh, uh, service members traveling and doing all sorts of different deployments, their spouses may be home helping out with the children. They may not be working full time. They may not even have 
a really great resume for the years that their spouses are in. Are you able to help with spouses as well? Well, yes. Uh, all the services that we provide, no matter what they are, are able to be utilized by spouses and, of course, the, the veteran themselves. And as a matter of fact, we are going to be a key part of Disney's program that's coming later this year in, in, in terms of focusing not just on the veterans, but the spouses. And that's Disney's first time doing that also. So we are on the coattails of also reinforcing that emphasis. And I believe there was a new administration with uh, Jill Biden. She has also reemphasized the need to focus on spouses and the families. So we have been kind of leading that charge and we're right in, right in step with the current administration's emphasis on that. Well, that's great to hear. So how can veterans um, learn more about uh, participating in some of these webinars or these programs or taking advantage of the resume assistance? So they can go to our website uh, and, and learn more, avernonassociates.org. Um, they can schedule an appointment for each service that they want to um, or they need information about. Um, they can pick their time uh, when they want to meet with us. Uh, also, they can email us directly on a contact us page. Uh, we'll get back to them within 12 to 24 hours, sometimes sooner. Um, and uh, also, uh, they can just, um, you know, just reach out to us, um, you know, via our social media platforms, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, we will definitely make sure that they have that information on our Facebook page uh, so that they can uh, utilize that. I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And so um, I just want to remind everyone, all the resources and information we talked about today can be found at michiganveterans.com, or you can give us a call at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And if you're struggling and you're in crisis, don't hesitate to reach out to the VA at 1-800-273-8255, press 1, or text 838-255. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.